Welcome to Voices of CFMA, sponsored by Profix, Construction Financial Management Association's podcast featuring conversations with our members. I'm your host, Kate Platt, CFMA's Marketing Manager. This month, I am joined by CFMA's Project Coordinator, Mike Ellick. Hi, Mike. Hi, Kate. How are you today? Not bad. Thanks for joining me. Well, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Awesome. So just to let everyone know, Mike has been with CFMA since 2014 and um, has spent time working with the education department and transferred into um, the project coordinator position that uh, covers part of what we're going to be talking about today, CFMA's financial benchmarker. So why don't we hop into this conversation and get started? Sure. So Mike, what brought you to CFMA? Well, uh, after 28 years in the uh, news business and two layoffs, it was clear to me that it was time to uh, move on to something different. Uh, you know, certainly the, as you have all seen, the uh, newspaper businesses scaled back dramatically. And so the opportunities for different jobs were no longer what they once were. Uh, so, you know, that's uh, how I landed at CFMA. Um, actually, I, I heard of the job through a former employee at CFMA who's wife was our real estate agent way back in 1998. So yes, that's how I heard about CFMA. That's an impressive connection. And interesting that you come from a background in newspapers and saw that collapsing because um, I'm just old enough to have aspirations of being a newspaper reporter and watching those dreams kind of collapse as I was going through college and having to redirect all of my plans. I was on the uh, production side, so I actually did pretty well. Um, I was the uh, seventh editor hired at the Wall Street Journal online. Uh, later, I worked at the uh, down in Philadelphia at the Inquirer and Daily News at their website. Uh, but that ended up being bought. And then, the, you know, of course, once once a newspaper's bought, then there's a whole bunch of shift and changes in the operations. And so by the time that I did, got laid off, uh, none of the people who had involved in my hiring were even there anymore. So it was no surprise uh, when, uh, you know, when I uh, was laid off. Big shifts when new management comes in. And, you know, all the better, though, that you ended up with CFMA because, you right now are working on a number of special projects with us. The big one um, that we launched just a few weeks ago is the 2021 Financial Benchmarker. Um, and I was just hoping that we could talk a little bit about that and, you know, just get some fun FAQs answered. Mm -hmm. Sure. So the Benchmarker is an interesting product. Uh, um, um, what most of you probably don't know is I track a lot of information for CFMA. Uh, we, I track the performance of all of our programs, and it helps us to really make uh, calls and judgments, or not judgments, but really plan for the following year, you know, as far as like what programs did well, and, you know, what speakers do well, and, uh, you know, some, where do we need to fill some gaps, fill in some gaps. So when the benchmarker came along, when that opportunity came along, you know, it's really just a slight shift in my thinking, because of course, the benchmarker is all about data, and how you can use it, or how not me, but how, uh, how uh, let's say, a, um, a construction company or a CPA firm with clients or even a surety, how they can use this to the benefit of their customers or really to learn more about either their company or what they can do to improve their own operations. 
So it's it, it's really just a wonderful um, amount of information that's available, literally at your fingertips, your computer keyboard or mouse. So what is the most commonly asked question when it comes to the financial benchmarker? Uh, oddly enough, the most common, the most frequently asked question is, what constitutes a full-time employee? Really? So, yes, yes, of all things, uh, that is the one that's probably been asked me maybe 50 or 60 times. And so uh, the, the definition of a production full-time employee refers to those who contribute to the fixed costs of the company, and uh, it, it would include full-time equivalent personnel. So that's, uh, that is the number one question of all the questions about the benchmarker. That's the one that's most common, most asked most often. And uh, even in our recent webinar, I believe that was brought up as well. What is the biggest misconception about the financial benchmarker? Well, every year, as you know, we collect, um, we collect information from construction companies and CPA firms with construction clients. And so one of the things we always try to overcome is this perception that uh, a competitor will be able to um, see, your, see your performance, your financial results, uh, you know, as part of the benchmarker. And that's simply not true because we're never really interested in just a single company. What we really want to know is aggregate performance. You know, how did the industry as a whole do, or how did this uh, revenue category do, or how did contractors in, let's say, the Northeast or uh, uh, an electrical contractor in the Southwest, how did they do? And so that's probably the biggest misconception is that somehow uh, somebody will be able to see your results, your financial results uh, through the financial benchmarker. So uh, the more people who participate in the financial benchmarker survey means that there is, it's even more data to bury your individualized data. That's right. Uh, I think, you know, the more companies you have, you add, you make that pool of uh, information larger, and then it becomes, I believe, more relevant and more reflective of the industry as a whole, or even industry, you know, a particular segment of the industry, such as the heavy highway, or even the specialty trades as a whole. And then when you get start getting down to some of these really, really specialty contractors like the Tyler's, and uh, probably people who install security systems, then sometimes, you know, you're only talking about a dozen, uh, maybe 15 or maybe 20 um, uh, companies providing information. So that's, that's why we always try to get as many companies to, we try to encourage them, as, as many companies as possible to participate. And that's always part of my um, little talk that I give when I speak to people who have a question about the benchmarker. Hey, don't forget, you know, next year we're going to open up this survey. So, you know, come on in and contribute to that pool of information. Makes sense. And what's one thing people should know about the financial benchmarker? <clears throat> the one thing that I always try to emphasize, and it's, I'm sorry, I'm repeating myself a bit, is that there's just this massive amount of information that, at your disposal. Very simple to get to. You know, you see all those uh, key financial ratios, liquidity, the profitability, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you have information about backlog. This year we have information about PPP loans, who took them, uh, what was the average amount, um, um, how much, you know, did you apply for forgiveness? If so, how much was forgiven? And we have it not only, you know, for the industry as a whole, but once again, all of those little uh, sectors and how we divide the data. And so, 
you know, there, like, like I said, there's all this information and all you have to do is take it, interpret, use it, interpret it, and just use it for either your company's benefit or your uh, construction client's benefit. That, that's what I always try to leave with people. You know, use that information. Uh, we always used to say that, um, inf- well, it's always been said, information is power, and it is true. And, they'll, and I, I think it, at the journal, they would say that uh, everything has value, um, and certainly information has uh, value, and the benchmarker has all this information, so it has quite a bit of value to it. Uh, and I always tell people, anybody can make money in a strong economy. But when the economy gets weak or when things become a bit uncertain, what really separates those companies that are going to thrive or survive versus those companies that are going to struggle is that availability or the use of information. And so that's that's always, you know, that's what I say. Use that information. Uh, who knows what's coming down the pike next year? Uh, I, we'll find out soon, right, with Anurban's, um economic update webinar. But every year is different. So, you know, by gosh, uh, go ahead and take advantage of it. So what you're telling me is basically that our financial benchmarker is this large document in which we are handing over aggregated financial data that our members can use as they see fit in a number of ways to make the numbers work best for them. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and like all numbers, you know, don't take the numbers at face value. Understand how they how they apply to your company, because just because, you know, you uh, one ratio says, you know, it's at three point five and your ratio is two point eight. It doesn't mean that your company is doing worse because your situation might be different. But you do have to understand, you know, put all the numbers that you that you see, put put them into proper perspective. Gotcha. And, you know, we're, we're giving them all this information. Is there um, ways that they can learn how to utilize this product better? I would actually reference them to our most recent webinar. I mean, uh, that was, I think that was one of the better webinars that we've had on the benchmarker because we not only uh, provided the, some of the information, you know, those key points, we also talked about how, how can you use this information for your company. So if you have that opportunity, um, particularly if you're a member, of course, it's very simple to go back and watch it. But if you have an opportunity, jump back in, uh, watch that webinar. It, it is a 90-minute session, but there is a ton of information in there that I think any company or CPA firm will find uh, beneficial to them. Great. And we will provide the link to that in the description of this show for anyone interested. Um, And Mike, before we wrap up this conversation, I have to ask, because this is what we do every show, all about giving and getting advice. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? So I'm going to go back to my uh, 14 and 15 year old self. Uh, so I'm out in the backyard and working with my brother and my dad, and I can't remember what we're working on some project. And uh, I don't know why we weren't using power tools because we always had power tools, but we're using a saw. We're sawing this board, and you know. And so my brother and I'm thinking, you know, we, you know, if we can just saw faster or just push harder with that saw, we're going to cut that wood a lot faster because you know we're. 
we're uh, 14 and 15 year old boys. And th that's our mindset, <clears throat> you know, put as much muscle into it as we can. And so my dad's, uh, he's standing off to the side and he said, uh, let the tool do the work. You don't have to do it. You don't have to saw so fast or so hard. Let the tool do the work. And, you know, that's something that I've always sort of carried with me. Not necessarily a saw or a drill or a hand tool or something, but that whole idea. And so even when I'm at work, I apply that to like the computer. I let the computer do the work. And so instead of uh, uh, fighting the computer, which I enjoy seeing many people do every day, I don't really enjoy it, but I do see many people fighting their computer every day. I you just it, for me, it's just another tool and I understand how to use it. And I let the computer do all the work. And so often I will set up, I will take time to set up some very complicated formulas. But then, you know, from the, that point onward, it's very easy. I just drop in the data and let the computer do all the calculations and spit out the information that we need. And so I do that everything from uh, uh, actually tracking uh, uh, people, our uh, submissions for the benchmarker to tracking the performance of our programs. And so if you apply that to the benchmarker, let the benchmarker do the work, you know, go in there, look at that information and understand it and, you know, let it help guide you or uh, maybe not guide you, but at least give you back information that makes sense for your company. Once again, it has to make sense for your company. That is great advice, Mike. And I appreciate you managing to tie that right back into the financial <laughs> benchmarker. <laughs> well, I'm happy to do it. And Mike, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to sit down and have this conversation with me. I know I learned a lot about the financial benchmarker and about you. Um, you know, we've been coworkers now for, for five and a half years and walking away with new stories from you. So it's always appreciated. Thank you, Mike, for joining us. And thanks for listening to an episode of Voices of CFMA sponsored by Profix. If you're interested in learning more about the financial benchmarker, check out cfma.org forward slash benchmarker. And if you're interested in learning more about a CFMA membership, check out cfma.org forward slash 12 plus. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and share on social media. To check out previous episodes, visit cfma.org forward slash podcast. And tune in next month when I sit down with our CEO and president, Stuart Binstock, to discuss the 40th anniversary of CFMA. Oh, that should be a good one. Mm -hmm.